The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician. I was trained in Britain. I'm retired from medical practice, but I'm still working in healthcare, helping family caregivers. I see family caregiving as one of the most important supports for healthcare right across the world right now. So, who are family caregivers? Well, family caregivers are the people who go on providing care to family members when all the professional caregivers, like I used to be, have gone home. So here's where I confess I'm an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now today, we're going to talk about hearing ear dog guides and the way they help people with hearing problems. So to start, I'm just going to mention a little bit of the background on deafness hearing problems. Deafness has many causes and can occur at any age. It can result in minor hearing problems or it may cause complete loss of all hearing. It may happen suddenly as a complication of, say, a virus infection or it may develop over time because of a disease, nerve damage, aging or injury caused by noise. In North America, about one in 800 babies is born deaf over Two million people cannot hear at all or are considered profoundly deaf, and another 30 million have serious hearing problems. People with deafness rely on their sight for reading faces, reading lips, reading sign language, and looking for signals and cues for things that they may otherwise miss. Today, to explain how hearing ear dogs help people with deafness we have two guests. And first of the guests I want to introduce is Christine Holloway. Christine received a hearing ear dog guide in December of 2009. She's married with two adult children. She was born and raised in Peterborough, Ontario. She attended Queen's University and the Nightingale School of Nursing. She taught at the St. Joseph's School of Nursing in Peterborough. And then in 1988, she began volunteering with the Lions Foundation of Canada. First, she was a foster parent, as she calls it, for dog guides. In all, she fostered 18 dogs. Then in 2005, she moved to Oakville, which is where the headquarters of the training um, center is, as a volunteer at the Lions Foundation of Canada's Dog Guides Training Center. 
Our other guest is Rhonda Workman. Rhonda is head training for hearing ear dogs and special skills dogs of Canada with the Lions Foundation of Canada's training center. She was born and raised in the Ottawa area. She graduated from the University of Guelph with a Bachelor of Science degree. She's always loved animals, and so after graduation, she worked at the Guelph Humane Society. After that, she started at Lions Foundation Dog Guides. There she began in the puppy program, whelping and caring for puppies until they were old enough to be placed with foster families. She also guided the foster families with their puppies. Her next step was to become an apprentice hearing ear trainer, and she also worked with special skills dogs. Then she became head trainer of the hearing ear dogs and special skill dogs training program. And she tells me she lives happily with her wonderful daughter, her cat, and the best dog ever, her Australian cattle dog. Welcome to the show, Christine and Rhonda. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I just would like to say that Christine relies on face-to-face conversation whenever possible because lip reading is a substantial help for her. For this reason, she and Rhonda are together in the same place so they can work as a team on this broadcast. And I'd also like to add that Eileen, Christine's hearing ear dog guide, is with them. So my first question is for Christine. Christine, please tell us about your experience with hearing problems. When did these begin? Well, it began when I was a child. Um, I had an illness and it affected my hearing. And um, I didn't really know it at the time. I just got used to it. Um, And then I progressed to lip reading unconsciously because it's just how you adapt. And finally, I got hearing aids, and then I finally went and got a guard dog. And I want to say that really nobody wants to be deaf. It's very hard to accept, myself included. Um, For me, it was not an abrupt event. It just got worse and worse gradually. Um, But as as it happened, you eventually hit a wall because you just get you can't adapt any longer. And at that stage, you really must do something. Um, I have found over the time that most people have been very helpful. However, I have also discovered that some people have been extremely rude and extremely offensive, which is really not very happy. Um, In our daily life, my husband covers for me if we're having conversations and I lose focus of this. He understands that because he's used to it, and uh, he carries on until I can reconnect the conversation, and so we muddle along. I'm going to be asking you more, not about muddling along, but your triumph in the way that things are working out. But first, I'd like to ask Rhonda, please tell us about the Lions Foundation of Canada Dog Guides and the work it does with hearing ear dog guides. Rhonda? Ours is a national uh, foundation that provides dog guides for Canadians. We provide hearing ear dogs for people who are deaf or hard of hearing, so not necessarily just one or the other. And our dog guides are free of charge to accepted clients. And that's our school's mandate, to promote independence and safety for our clients. Going back to Christine now, What was it actually that led you to think of having a dog guide? 
Well, because I was in volunteering at the Lions Foundation, the staff um, understood that I had difficulties and certainly encouraged me to apply for one. Um, the things in my daily life that led me to want to do this was that I hear very poorly behind me. And if people hover behind me, I can bump into them, which is very, very embarrassing. Um, I have very poor hearing with hearing aid, without hearing aids. I have about 30% left. And um, I can even miss sounds even with hearing aids, depending on where I am and what other noise is going on and what noises are closest to the microphone of my hearing aids and, and that kind of thing. So it just seemed like a really good thing to do. Right. Rhonda, please tell us what types of hearing problems hearing ear dog guides help with. In other words, what are the problems uh, that the dogs can solve for people with with deafness or hearing difficulties? Just like Christine was talking about, a lot of our clients miss out on daily sounds. So, for example, when a repairman says he's going to come to your place between 9 and 5, most of us can hang around the house and do whatever we want and just listen for the door. But clients who are deaf or hard of hearing, they have to sit by that door. They can't leave or they're going to miss the repairman. And then, you know, you can't get him back in the next little bit. So just that feeling of independence, I can do it myself, or the feeling of, Tonight, what if the fire alarm goes off and I can't hear it? Our dogs can provide that independence, that safety of knowing if the fire alarm goes off, I will be told about it. If my baby cries at night, I'll be told about it. Or if the phone rings with an important phone call, I will be told about it and I can do it myself and I will be safe. Let's, we'll, again, we shall be talking more about this in detail, but... Christine, I'd just like to go back to something you said. Sometimes you implied that people aren't as helpful as they might be. Please say a word about that. Well, I've had people tell me I'm stupid to my face because um, I have not been able to understand something. And uh, I actually have had people, um, had one lady at church one day come and lift my hair up and say, oh, you really do wear hearing aids. Um, and, and that kind of thing, which is really aggravating. <laughs> um, there's really not much you can do about it but except stand there and put up with it, but, but it, is, it is very demeaning um, and, and, and things like that. I think um, nobody, would, um, nobody would think I was uh, odd because I wore glasses because I can't see, but people think you're odd, especially if you're young, People think you're odd if you wear hearing aids, and they comment on it, and they just do some really, really odd things. Have you found any change in attitudes since you got Eileen the dog? Um, yes, I think so. She's very visible, of course. Um, at this stage, I really don't care whether people know whether I can hear or not. I mean, it's, I don't try and keep my hair down over my ears so that people don't notice that I have hearing aids and that kind of thing. Um, because I can lip read fairly well, um, most people don't know for a while that I really can't hear them very well. And as I said earlier, my husband covers for me and my kids cover for me. And uh, So, yes, I think, generally speaking, people are, are very much better. Um, people ask questions about the dog, too, and want to know why I have her. And my husband hears people telling children about it and that she's a helper dog and so on. So... I think it really um, is, has helped to have the dog. Going to 
ask Rhonda quickly, because we're going to a break very soon. Is that the sort of experience other people have had, that uh, attitudes change to deafness when uh, a dog is around? I think a lot of our clients do get a lot more social interaction because other people now see, oh, that's why you didn't hear me, or, oh, that's why you totally misunderstood me. And so, yes, I think dogs can be very good helping out socially that way. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now, we are going to go into the break. It is that time. We have to pay the rent. Um, This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Christine Holloway and Rhonda Workman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Christine Holloway and Rhonda Workman. Our topic is hearing ear dog guides. Now, I want to talk about some of the background on hearing ear dog guides. Starting with Rhonda, please tell us about the dogs, the training they receive generally, and the training they receive uh, for dealing with hearing problems. Okay. We have a wonderful puppy program that produces approximately 200 puppies a year. Those can be Labrador Retrievers, Golden Retrievers, Standard Poodles, or Miniature Poodles. Those dogs are put into volunteer foster homes, and for a year they're taught house training, house manners, just basic obedience, and, of course, socialization, which is hugely important. When the dogs are about a year old, they come back to one of our facilities where we do a health Overall, look at their health, their elbows, hips, eyes, and if they pass that, they're put into whatever program is appropriate. For the hearing dogs, 
We start out with their basic obedience, so all the dogs know how to heal. That means walk nicely. They know how to sit and lay down on command. And they're also taught a few hand signals as well for those of our clients that are using more hand signals. Then we start to get into their sound work where the dogs are taught to touch a client. That means that there's a sound. And then bring the client to the sound in, the most, in most cases. With bigger dogs, they're taught to just paw with one paw, and smaller dogs, they'll jump up with their two feet. As I said, they touch the client, that's the cue, and the client then follows them to either door knocking, someone ringing your doorbell, the telephone or TTY, um, someone calling your name, a kitchen timer. For the other two sounds that we do, the uh, alarm clock and the fire alarm, the alarm clock's quite nice. We train the dogs to nuzzle perhaps under your arm to wake you up, and then as a reward, you get a little cuddle in the morning. For the fire alarm, the dogs touch the client, and then they're supposed to lead you out to safety, but so that you know the difference between fire alarm and someone just knocking on your door, the dogs are taught to do something in between the touch and the door, and that's to either act crazy or maybe jump up on a couch or a chair to get your attention. This is something different. It's not just someone at the door. And then, of course, after that, you go to the door and out to safety. With all of the sounds, we use positive reinforcement. The dogs are given some kind of praise at the sound, maybe a treat, a toy, a cuddle, um, some words of affection, something like that. So we keep motivating the dogs to want to work. They're kind of on call 24 hours a day, except for their playtime and, and special times like that. So we have to make it fun, and they have to want to do the work. Great. Christine, please tell us about Eileen, your dog. First of all, what sort of a dog is she? Uh, Eileen is a German Shepherd. Right. Tell us about how she fits into your life and how she helps you. Well, she fits in extremely well, actually. We, we've always had dogs as pets or foster puppies, so it's nice to have another dog in the house. She alerts me to seven different household sounds that she's been trained to do. She protects my back in public so that people don't crowd me. Um, because she wears a special coat, she wears an orange coat that says she's a hearing ear dog, she alerts the public that I have this special dog and, uh, and a problem and that they speak to me more clearly. She also reacts to other sounds around the house so that I know that something else is going on. For example, if I don't hear the garage door going up, she responds in a way that I know something's happening that's unusual, but it's not really something she would alert me to. I just know something different is happening and it puts you on alert that you should be paying attention. So, so that's um, how she works for me. And she's, very good. Very she's good. very beautiful and she's very smart. <laughs> Lovely. Now, I'm going to ask Rhonda, please tell us about your work with Dog Guides Canada, especially in the training of hearing ear dog guides. What do you do? Well, when I train hearing ear dogs, you start out looking at the dogs that have come back at a year of age and trying to pick out the ones you think are going to be most likely to want to work. In hearing ear, we want dogs that are a little bit peppy, as I said, they're on call for a fair bit, so you want an energetic dog and not necessarily the more laid-back one. Um, we're looking for dogs that maybe have an interest already in sounds about them, so a little bit curious. I look for dogs that 
like their handler, they want to be with someone. A dog guide has to be with their person all the time to work. And with hearing ear, maybe a little bit of independence, but in a good way. Because the dogs, once they learn their, their skills, their sounds, they have to act independently. They have to know, oh, that's the sound I'm trained to work for. I'm going to go do it. It's not like we tell them, oh, there's the doorbell. Tell me about it. So you look for all those qualities, and then you, you start training your obedience, and you see which dogs are continue, continuing on that right path of, yeah, I like working with you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep trying. And the dogs that aren't as interested, aren't as keen, maybe there's nothing I can find to motivate them, they can either go to a different program or they can become pet dogs. And it's a lot of fun working with hearing dogs because sometimes, like Christine was saying, they'll pick up on sounds we didn't train them to do, and it's wonderful watching them think and go, hey, want to know that the dryer's off balance or the washing machine? So it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. Christine, what were the particular challenges that you hoped your dog guide, who became Eileen, would help you with? What were the things that you were really hoping for with Eileen? Well, I really needed help when my hearing aids were out because when they're out in the world, it just becomes a very silent place. Um, the other problem that I have is that um, I don't have very good balance. I tend to walk sideways to the left and... Uh, she will keep me in line. I just use the leash, and she's solid, so she keeps me from doing that kind of thing. I wanted her to make me aware of people around me, and I wanted her to be able to pick up sounds that I miss even when I have my hearing aids in. Right. Rhonda, please take us to generally the challenges that hearing problems create and that the dog guides are specifically trained to help with. I know you've said a lot about this already, but I, I, I want you to equate the training to the problems that people like Christine have with their hearing, please. Well, I think often about how many times clients have come in and they've said, for example, two parents, if you have a couple that are both deaf or hard of hearing, They'll actually stay awake overnight. They'll take turns staying awake, watching the baby so they don't miss the baby crying. I can't imagine the stress that's involved with doing that. Having a baby is tough enough, but to even limit your sleep even more, I can't imagine. So to have a dog be your alert, hey, the baby's crying, knowing that you're taking care of your child and you're still getting a little bit more sleep, that's invaluable. Or the family that says, you know, mom's alone in the house and she leaves the doors open because she can't hear us knocking. We really worry about mom and mom herself is worried because some, who knows who could walk in the house, but she doesn't want to miss her kids coming over to check on her or, or whatever. The stress and anxiety that are in some people's lives because they sit and think, well, I've, I've got to leave the door open because I, I don't want to miss my child coming over or the delivery man, or whatever, the dogs alleviate that. They really reduce anxiety and stress and allow you to go on and be more of a regular person um, to do the things you want to do without that terrible shadow sitting on your shoulder. Well, I hope I'm going to be safe. I hope I'm going to be okay. And again, I can't 
stress enough, the fire alarm. A lot of my clients have problems sleeping because tonight could be the night that the building burns down and I don't notice the flashing light fire alarm or I sleep on my good ear and I'm going to miss the fire alarm. And I, I can't even imagine thinking that every night, I hope I don't die because there's a fire, which sounds extreme but really isn't. So for somebody who gets a dog guide, it's a tremendous relief. And the families feel that too. They can see how more open and outgoing and peaceful their their family members are after getting a dog guide. Right. Christine, that leads me to ask you this question. What are the three best ways in which Eileen, your dog, helps you and those around you? Well, first of all, my husband can find me at the house. Calls my name, and the dog takes me to him, so he's not shrieking and yelling and wondering where I am, so he can he can find me. That's that's a very important thing. Um, I am safer on my own, um, as Rhonda pointed out about fire alarms and and that kind of thing, because I really would not hear a lot of these things when my hearing aids are out, um, and uh, I do have a better time when I'm at walking because she does look after balance and so on. And when I, if I do go out without her, which is very rare, it's really odd now not to have her um, looking after me. I would say those are the, probably the three best. Great. Rhonda, are those typical, those benefits that, the, that um, the hearing ear dog brings to people like Christine? Definitely. Definitely. And it's nice to hear. Yeah. Now, if I could just ask you this, I've heard the word graduate used in connection with these dogs rather like graduating from school. Does that mean that they have some tests to go through before um, they really go out into the full service you're talking about? In other words, please say to us what graduation means for a dog like Eileen. Well, when they're in training, certainly to do one sound, they have to have done well at the last thing they, they were taught. So with each sound... You move on as they understand the sound. So after door knocking, there's doorbell and, and so on and so forth. When we feel a dog's ready to be placed, we've called the client and invited them into class. Our clients stay here for just over two weeks. They learn how to take care of their dogs, how to work with the sounds, how to go home and start all of the showing the dog where their door is, where their telephone is, where all their sounds are. And certainly during both training and class, there's goals we have to reach in order to progress at the now, end. I'm sorry to interrupt, Rhonda, but we, we've, got to, uh, we've got the break coming up, but we will carry on with this point afterwards. So, yes, it is time for us to take a short break. This is Dr. Gordon Averley, and my guests are Christine Holloway and Rhonda Workman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Money. We love it, we hate it, and everything in between. You can be the master of your life and your own economics. Join Professor Laurie Lamantia each week for the program Making Peace with Money. Laurie will help you realize the power to create fulfillment in your life and shed new light on your money madness. You'll learn how to make peace with money and feel the joy and freedom renewed in your life. Making Peace with Money is broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Christine Holloway and Rhonda Workman. Our topic is hearing ear dog guides. Now, Rhonda was talking about um, dogs graduating and um, what happens when they go to their homes, their new homes, for the first time. Rhonda, please carry on. While the clients are here and they're learning and they're training, we're teaching them how to set up their training at home. So we practice in little rooms where the dog does door knocking, doorbell, everything, and we talk about how to go home and set this up. We answer any questions, problem solve, oh, that doesn't work for one client, what works for the next, and teach them how to go home and start practicing. As I said, we're not going home right away with them. At the end of the class, we have a little graduation ceremony where we celebrate. It takes a lot of strength, I think, and courage to come here for two and a half weeks away from your family and sit with strangers for the time, learn how to work with your dog, and then, okay, you're going home. So it's a wonderful little ceremony where we say thank you to sponsors and foster families, um, and everybody gets to meet and congratulate each other quite a positive thing and for being a charity it's quite wonderful that we've all come together to do this after graduation it's um, nice to go and as trainers we follow up with our clients to make sure that they're on the right track hey can we help you problem solve with anything and that's why we call them graduates they've, they've made it through the course very good Christine different question now what advice would you like to give to persons with hearing problems all their families who are thinking about a hearing ear dog guide. Go for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Why? <laughs> Let's go for it. Yeah. Um, um, apply um, and plan with your family once you've decided that you're going to do this because um, you have to be realistic about the things that need to be accommodated and dealt with 
for example, we built a, a special um, relief area for the dog because we have a garden and a, a such that we didn't want the dog digging and doing all that kind of thing in it. If you travel by train or plane, uh, you have to um, sort out how that happens and uh, make it work for you. Um, you have we we personally um, let people know that we deal with all the time that the dog was coming and then um, showed them our license because Eileen is licensed um, to let them know that she was um, there and working and and legal and all those things. Um, so yes, just go for it. It's wonderful. Right. Rhonda, what are the typical questions that um, Dog Guides Canada and you personally are asked by people who have hearing problems or their families and who are considering a hearing ear dog guide? Of course, prospective clients and family members want to know what kind of dogs there are. Some people have um, fantastic requests of breeds that I've never even heard of or if we do cats or, or ferrets or something. Um, those are always fun to answer. Anyways, they also want to know how much it costs, and it's nice to be able to tell clients, yes, you're responsible for the care of the dog once you graduate, but the actual dog guide is free to Canadians, and that's just due to the generosity of everyone around us. Then, of course, they want to know how does it work. Does the dog, some people ask if the dog barks to alert. No, the dog's going to touch you and then bring you to sound. People would like to know can I train their pet dogs? And with our foundation, we actually don't do people's pet dogs. They want to know who can interact with the dog. Will the dog work for other people? And usually it's one dog, one client. The dog works for that client, and he's not a pet. He's not for everybody else to play with, or he's not going to be interested in his job. He'd rather be off with some family member having fun. And sometimes we do have clients um, that are perhaps a couple that's hard of hearing or a mom with a daughter who's hard of hearing and the mom's hard of hearing as well, dogs can work in hearing ear for more than one person. Those are the typical questions. Right. Christine, when you and Eileen, your dog guide, are working together, what are the things that really, really make the sun shine for you? Well, I can trust her. That's really important. She's an enthusiastic worker, and she adapts quickly, and she's always concerned for my welfare. And on a lighter note, she really enjoys going for walks at night so she can be on guard looking for rabbits, which really, really turns her on. And the biggest problem I have with her is that my husband says she should have come with a snooze alarm because her reward for waking me up in the morning is that she gets a cuddle in bed and almost... Invariably, the two of us go back to sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Rhonda, when you work with a team such as Christine and Eileen, what are the things that really make the sun shine for you? It's wonderful to hear just about anxiety levels going down, about people feeling more confident, happier, less stressed. Um, it's wonderful to hear that a person stayed in their own room and they weren't worried. Uh, we've had some really neat stories, like a client who said, oh, my dog kept alerting, but he was bringing me to a dresser, and I couldn't figure out why, and her hearing husband couldn't figure out why. And then it turned out she finally said, well, what's in the dresser? And she pulled it all apart, and out popped her cat. 
which I thought was so cute. And stories like, you know, my dog one day alerted me in the middle of the night. I trusted him. I went down, and it, he went to my daughter's room, and it turned out her daughter, who was a young toddler, had been sick at night and was choking. That gave me goosebumps to think, oh, my gosh, the dog might have just saved her life. So to think that somebody has more joy in their life and more peace is part of my paycheck for sure. Great. Christine, you, we talked, or Rhonda had talked about costs. Yes. Tell us about your experience with the costs in having Eileen as a dog guide. Um, what, are, what kind of things are you having to pay for? What help do you get or did you receive and where did that help come from? Well, Eileen and the training were provided free of charge by the Lions Foundation of Canada, which is wonderful. I'm responsible for vet bills and food. Um, medication for heartworm is provided by the manufacturer free of charge. Uh, so for us, the costs are very similar to those that we've had from previous pets. Um, one advantage, of course, is that she's with me constantly, so if I go away, I don't have to pay boarding fees. Um, so really, we... Um, because we are able, we, we pay her way. Right. Rhonda, please tell us about the way dog guide training is funded, the sources of funding for the Lions Foundation, and um, just generally where the money comes from. Well, we often have a little joke that it's everywhere but the government. We don't get any government funding. We do have um, staff that are responsible for asking for grants. We have staff that are organizing national walks. Our walk is a huge fundraiser. It's a competitive world out there. We get most of our money from everyday people, from companies who are generous, from people who've left money for us in their wills. Um, that's about it. Just anybody and everybody, we try to get our name out there and, and fundraise as much as we can, try to have some fun nights like art auctions, um, uh, walks, those types of things. Sure. Sure. Now, I'm going to ask you both a slightly different question, um, and that's this. Um, when, Christine, you're out with Eileen and people come up to you, how should they react or not react to Eileen the dog? Well, if she's wearing her coat, they're not to touch her at all because she's working. She knows she's working and she doesn't want to be touched. If people try and touch her, she tries to avoid it. If they try to touch her, I have to ask them nicely not to because of the working. Um, if she's not wearing her coat, um, she can meet people and say hello and uh, do it nicely and gently and quietly, and then she just returns to my side. Um, so that's, that's basically what we do when we meet people on the street. Good. So the uniform, basically is what alerts people to um, treat the dog as a working dog. Yeah. Right. It's a bright orange coat. Right, right. Rhonda, um, please describe to us what happens when um, a dog guide meets a dog who isn't a dog guide. Um, well, is there a procedure? What are, the, what are the circumstances that you give advice about in relation to a meeting between one dog and another? When we're in class, we practice these events with our clients so that they feel really comfortable, hopefully, when the time comes, because we all know what's going to happen. And it depends on 
the whole situation. If, say, Christine's walking down the street, her dog is in harness or in her working jacket, and the dog then isn't supposed to be off running around having fun, we encourage our clients to get the dog's attention, use a happy voice, use your food rewards if you need to, and keep the dog's attention on you and keep moving away from the, the loose dog or the visiting dog. If it's a time when, well, I'd like them to say a quick hello, then the working jacket would come off, Christine would instruct her dog, okay, say hi, and her dog could have a couple of sniffs, and then back under control, so back to the heel position and, and four feet on the floor kind of thing. If it's a different scenario where maybe Christine's letting her dog have a playtime with a friend, uh, another friend's dog perhaps, and it's in the backyard, just like any dog, you would introduce them, let them off leash, and let them have a little place they like, watching for any signs of possible aggression, if somebody's you know feeling put out or harassed. So there's different scenarios, and we practice them all, trying to keep everything very positive. We are... And now going into the break, and it is that time again. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Christine Holloway and Rhonda Workman. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into a program that's all about empowerment and human potential. It's all about navigating your life. In fact, that is the name of the program. Tune in every Monday morning for the Navigating Your Life show with host Dr. Nathaniel J. Williams. Each week we'll discuss a range of topics to help you with the challenges facing us every day. The information given can be implemented immediately and may change your life forever. The Navigating Your Life show is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Christine Holloway and Rhonda Workman. Our topic is Hearing Ear Dog Guides. Now, we know that a very, very large numbers of people are affected by hearing deafness problems. So let's talk about ways in which more people, like Christine, can be helped with hearing ear dog guides. 
So I'm going to ask both guests, starting with Christine, what are the things you would like to recommend and why? First of all, Christine, what are the things that more things that you would like to see done so that more people like you benefit from a dog guide? Well, it's very important for people to foster puppies. It um, takes a, about a year of your life to to house-rate the dog, um, socialize it, enjoy it, and then you have to give it up. And what I hear very often is, oh, I just simply couldn't do that. Well, actually, you can do it. It's a horrible day in your life, but you do get over it. And uh, when you, as a foster parent originally, when I saw what good it did, it always always helped me feel better that I was helping somebody and uh, and sort of ameliorated the anguish of having to give up this dog that had lived with us for a year. So it's very, very important for people to volunteer to foster. Um, I think one of the um, problems for clients um, is having um, help with vet bills and so on. And if there was a way of finding help for this in a uniform way, I don't know whether it could be done by tax credits or to the vets or what, but um, that would be a big, big help for a lot of people. Right. Um, Christine sort of laid out a few policy points there. One of them may even point to government. Um, Rhonda, what are the things that you would wish to see uh, developed or changed so that more people can benefit from hearing ear dog guides? We encourage our clients to promote themselves and be ambassadors. We really need to get dog guides more of a household name, more of a household idea. A lot of people across Canada know about guiding dogs, canine vision, leader dogs, whatever you want to call them, but a lot of people don't know about the other programs out there, hearing ear dogs, special skills, seizure response dogs, autism. So it would be wonderful if we could have more client groups, and we do try to help as much as we can as a school, but to get more information out to the media, say, yes, these dogs are out there and this is what they do. We are working with Assistance Dogs International on having national, um, what's the word, criteria for dog guides. So if there's other schools, everybody has very similar criteria. The dogs have to be well-behaved. They can't be aggressive. That's really important, especially if they're going to be accepted into public places. I'd also support, of course, donating more time and money. We love our volunteers. They are wonderful people that support us. We couldn't do it without our foster families or the volunteers that help in the offices. And as I said, money. Money makes the world go around. The more clients we can help, the better. The more money we have to maintain our kennels, to buy toys for the dogs, to promote ourselves, to maybe be able to help out the clients a little bit more. Like Christine said, some of our clients are on special assistance because they're disabled. And yes, the dogs do help them a great bit, but paying for the dog's needs can be a challenge. Or if a medical issue comes up, that can be a huge challenge as well. So it would be wonderful to have some kind of fund or tax credit, as Christine was talking about, to help other clients a bit more. Right. Now, back to Christine. You, you are a volunteer right now. Yes, I volunteer at the foundation. Yes. yes. Please tell us what you do. Whatever they ask me to do. <laughs> <laughs> for example? Well... I walk dogs. Um, I help with the hearing um, hearing training because it takes two people. You have to have somebody to knock the door, knock on the door. Um, brush dogs. Um, 
whatever, whatever. It just, there's always something. Right. Is that work that you would see other people like you doing? Uh, yes, yes, yes. More and more? Sorry? More and more people. Yes, it would be lovely if more people volunteered. Right. Kind of thing, yes. Right. In other words, we hope that for, obviously, the training uh, training center here in Canada, but also um, the all approved ones or the regulated ones or whatever they're called in the U.S. as well, Think of, for people to think of those centers as places that might um, benefit from volunteers. Is that a good message, Christine? Yes, if they could volunteer, um, it, would be, it would be very good. A- anything you can do helps. Right. Now, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Rhonda, about the awareness. I'm a physician, and I have asked this question before. Let's talk about all healthcare people now. Um, how well aware are they of the benefit that, in case of deafness um, and the other health challenges you mentioned, how well aware are these professionals of the benefits of dog guides? Well, I think there's growing awareness but I think it's still a challenge. We do try to communicate with doctors and with groups like Canadian Hearing Society to promote ourselves and to promote the benefits. There are still a lot of things that can be done to help promote. Um, And sometimes I think that people think dogs can do a little bit more than what they can. There has to be give and take. It's definitely a team. Clients have to be able to take care of the dog and exercise the dog and fulfill those needs. I think there's always going to be space for improvement, um, but a lot of doctors do know about us. A lot of groups are learning about us, and we are getting our foot in as many doors as we can with different associations like epilepsy, um, like CHS, as I mentioned, across Canada. Right. That raises the question of the use of the new media that's coming up, and this is a question first to Rhonda and then to Christine. Do you make any use of social networking, you know, the Facebooks, um, the uh, things like Twitter, and even programs like this one um, that get out across the Internet with information, with commentaries, with video clips and things like that? Do you use that kind of media now? Uh, would you like to use more? And I'm going to ask Christine in a moment, when Rhonda's taken the question first, to say whether she sees this as useful, um, social media, and whether she herself uses it. But Rhonda, first of all. Well, we were pretty excited. We had a little uh, public service announcement, and it got placed on YouTube. That was pretty exciting. Unfortunately, our technology department is very small, And we're not on Twitter, we're not on Facebook yet, but some of our goals are, of course, to get out there more and use those things. They seem to be everywhere, and every time I look at a new place that's promoting themselves, they're talking about Twitter, they're talking about Facebook. So I think, yes, we should be using those different avenues. It's just getting somebody to help us do that. Right. Maybe it's a volunteer you're looking for. Perhaps. Christine, do you use these Facebooks and the like of them, the social networks? And if so, do you use them in connection with um, Eileen and that, the dog guides generally? I'm very technologically challenged. 
<laughs> I do not. I don't use Facebook, and I don't use those sorts of things. Um, I suppose I could, but I, I don't at this time. Right. Perfectly fair. Um, if I could just enter a little bit of a background on Voice America, um, I was recently notified that um, they're now developing uh, video, television, on, on the net. In other words, won't be just us talking to each other. We can actually see each other, or we can show clips, video clips of each other, and that kind of thing. Um, it costs money, but it doesn't cost anything like as much money as what I would call normal TV. Um, that is to say, um, it's not a question of taking big ads out. It's a question of us really using the same methods of communicating among interested groups using modern technology. So I'm not going to ask you the question, would you be interested in that? But I may just warn you that I might be back to you because I've got some ideas, uh, perhaps, of how um, video clips and things like that can be used to do what you've identified for me, and that is to get the message out in a fairly broad kind of way. Now, what about um, other kinds of publications, of traditional sorts of publications, like magazine articles, newspaper articles, and that kind of thing? Rhonda, do you use those, and what effect do they have? Oh, definitely. Every time our clients go out, we do a, a small interview with them, and we send the information with the client's permission to their local newspapers. We also do articles or um, ads in, say, Dogs in Canada, um, disability-oriented magazines, and we are out there a little bit. But again, because we're a charity, the monies are, are tight, and we have to budget a little bit with that. The more we can, the better. Yeah. I'm really excited by your last comment, by the way. That's really interesting. Okay. <laughs> I will get back to you in all, in all seriousness about that. Just, just let me ask Christine, what about um, when you're reading in newspapers, reading magazines and things like that, how often do you see stories relating to dog guides and those kinds of things? Um, not very often. Um, in the local Oakville paper, they very often have information about the Lions Foundation because there are walks and things like that going on. Um, but generally speaking, not, not very much. And I'm right in assuming that you think that more could be done in that area too, am I? I would, I would think so, yes. Yeah. Your story, if I can just focus for a moment on you, Christine, is a very powerful one because you were very, you've been very honest and straightforward about your experience, but at the same time, your story is a very hopeful one and one that I think will be very encouraging to people who are struggling um, with the challenges of deafness and hearing problems, and that you as a family, you as an individual, have benefited uh, in such a way, as I say, captures the heart. And uh, you're, you were in no doubt about the advice you would give such people, which is um, that they should go for it if um, they have hearing problems and they're considering uh, a dog guide. So. That's another way of leading you to say, I hope, that you feel that the personal stories of people like you uh, would be 
empowering and encouraging for others facing the same problems. You do believe that, do you? Yes, I hope that people will will um, accept that deafness because it's it's there, and that they will go and um, do something about it. Um, I have always tried to buy the best hearing aids that I could afford, and um, having this dog guide certainly has been very helpful to me. I I think that it would be lovely if we could overcome what I perceive as a stigma against um, hearing. But um, the people who are deaf are going to have to get out and say, I am and I'm going to do something about it and this is what I'm going to do and, and uh, be uh, forthright about it. And everybody should look for dogs with orange coats. They should. <laughs> okay. Now I want to say, that I'm sorry to say, is the close of this particular episode and I want to say thank you to our listeners. Please email us with your comments and questions, which I'll be happy to um, pass on to Rhonda and Christine. I want to say a particular thank you to the two guests, Christine Holloway and Rhonda Workman, for sharing with us their experiences, their insights, and the joy in which they obviously have in their work, and also that insight into their work, which tells us just how professional it really is. Now, in our next episode, we're going to talk about how other types of dog guides work with family caregivers. Please join us same time, same spot on the internet. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 